0: The Community Call, titled The Pitfalls of Promises, episode 22 on Relationship by Design, the podcast. This podcast was recorded August 29th, 2020, and was led by Sandy and Lon and Carol and Paul. Well, I also want to let you know, this is the complete unedited audio version of the call and lasts about an hour and 18 minutes. Anybody is welcome to join on the community page on relationshipbydesign.com.
1: Anyway, it's so great to see you all this morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are. And this happens to be August the 29th already. And uh, it's just great to have you. So without further ado, let's get going.
2: Well, I think it's worthwhile maybe just taking uh, <laughs> I don't know 10, 15 seconds, and uh, and look around. You know, we're going. What is this? About? We uh, we spend a lot of hours each day uh, looking at walls. <laughs> so it's kind of uh, it's uh, a lot more fun just to kind of take a few moments and look at faces. A- faces are much better than walls. Hi, Jeff and Carol hey good morning it, it really is a good morning
3: <laughs>
2: no and and uh uh it seems to be that uh, us, human, us beings human beings have come up with a kind of a reason for uh, getting together. I mean, a big enough reason for Sandy and myself would be able to just uh, sit here and uh, enjoy looking at your faces. (laughs) We could say, just end up saying hi for about a half hour. But uh, normally we have to have an excuse to get together. You know, whether it's to play uh, or whether it's to, you know, accomplish something, but do something, right? got to have some kind of a justification to hang out together. So we came up with a, uh, we came up, well, we come up with subjects to talk about, but uh, actually we'd just like to hear uh, uh, pretty much anything that comes out of your mouth. The subject that we came up with today, we were uh, talking about, well, most of you know that uh, uh, Sandy and I and Carol and Paul and. You know, uh, those of us who've been around the relationship work for some time have a uh, fondness for the conversations about promises, you know, the difference that promises make in, uh, in life, you know, kind of like the basis for relationship, for God's sake, and uh, so we figured, well, that one might be fun to talk about, but you've heard us talk about quite a bit. You've most of you have heard us talk about promises and the upsides of promises. Know that uh, promises is the basis for relationships and promises provide action instead of kind of mindless or thoughtless or directionless activity. And uh, promises creates games to play together to, you know, uh, give us kind of excuses to be together. You know, by the way, uh pardon me if I stop from time to time and just enjoy looking at you. <laughs> it is it is joyful for us.
4: Uh
2: but at any rate, um, you know, more than well, it can't there can't be anything greater than uh promises and, and establishing relationship. I was just thinking uh yesterday That's evening. Right. Um about what it's like to not be in the presence of relationship with somebody. And uh, I was walking this morning and had that, uh, Sandy was unable to walk this morning, so I went walking by myself. It was lonely. <laughs>
5: you know, it,
2: was, it was kind of a, a lonesome experience, as distinct from an enlivening experience. Uh, walking by myself, Sandy and I walked together most of the time.
6: Yeah, Lon, can I just jump in? Can everyone go on mute? And if you if you've got something you want to contribute, we definitely want to hear from you. Wave your hand, and go off mute, please. That will help us get, you know. I don't know what the mute is. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We're on zoom lower left. There's a mute and a video camera. There's a microphone. Yeah. So Click on the, the microphone is to, is to get your uh, cursor down on the mute uh, microphone. And you can mute and unmute. Okay. See
7: it? Well, let's see. I, my cursor's gone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what you Just so you, you guys know, what you also can do if you have a keyboard is just hit the space bar.
7: Well, I can't hear anything now.
0: That'll toggle between mute okay. and unmute.
7: Yeah. It'll
2: uh it'll come up, just keep on No,
7: well, I'm muted, I can't hear anything.
2: <laughs> oh, we turned
6: off the oh, no. speakers. <laughs> it's beyond me. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Just oh, well, I lost it. <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 But he can't hear us, Len. Oh, okay. He turned off the sound entirely.
2: I see. Uh let's see. Can you get the phone number and John can call him. No? I'll come. Okay, we're gonna call uh, Doug and Marty and uh, see if we can port them in, finding out how to uh, get some sound here. Okay, and then the rest of you, what we'd like to—I uh, was talking about, you know, the uh, in our view at least, in our position, the the joy and the power of promises. And when we were talking the other day, we also thought about, well, there's uh, for everything where there's an upside, there's often a downside, or where there's a front side, there's also a backside. Where there's something, there's also nothing around it, so to speak. So uh, we uh, thought we might invite you into a conversation about uh, the possible downsides of promising that we might encounter. So, uh, if there's anything that anybody would like to say about uh, promises, uh, especially if you have something about the downside of promises like uh, uh, manipulation and that kind of using promises to manipulate and that kind of stuff, uh, we're open just to have a wide open conversation. Please, Gary.
8: Well, I was thinking, <clears throat> well, started in the spirit of fun. So when we got married, our prenuptial involved several promises. One was I had to make her laugh. I had to promise to make her laugh. I had to promise to make dinner. And because my memory is for crap, I don't remember what we talked about a month ago or two weeks ago, right. necessarily. I, okay. So we have an agreement that however she remembers it is the way it is. Hey. That I won't even I won't even get into the potential downsides. We'll just keep it fun. <laughs> now
9: Gary, are, do you remember making that promise? <laughs> I have
10: because I reminded him.
9: <laughs> so I'm sure
8: again the agreement is is that is the way it is. So I guess I made that promise.
2: Um, that's great. And then there's and then there's the uh, thing about being bound by having a sense of being bound by promises rather than, uh, you know, a freedom that can often happen. But That's very, I, very I hard, like, Joanne. Very, very great.
8: And I feel relatively unbound.
10: Yeah. Of course, I promised to laugh at his jokes. Uh-huh. I promised to enjoy his cooking and I promised that when I remembered something that he didn't remember, that it would always turn out for my benefit, which sounds like he loved me so much that it went this way. That's
2: great. That's outstanding. Who else? Just jump on in and say whatever you'd like to say about promises upside, downside, backside, front side.
11: Yeah. Lon, this is Barry and Penny. Hi, Barry. Hi. Can, you, can I see you? We can so I, I I think uh, promises like something intentional doesn't exist in our relationship. Um, I, I I suspect it's about some making a promise that creates something that moves something forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, what maybe wasn't going to happen? I don't know. But yeah. I think Penny wants to say something about it. I do. You do.
3: What well, <laughs> about
11: promises? You know. Oh you, no,
3: because there's they're not promises promises a promise there's no uh, there may be there's no punishment for not for the promise not working out that's a true promise from what I understand is is it's not a device it's more of a creation or play and that's never been present in our promising
11: uh-huh. I don't know about never
3: but... well it's not I don't think we've made a promise that's we we may have maybe our wedding vows Mm -hmm. that wasn't present there, but for the most part, it's more of a, you know, whiplashing for not having any integrity type of thing.
2: Yeah. Well, it's interesting because a lot of people, I think, avoid making promises. Uh, just because they don't want to have that sense of feeling obligated, if you will.
3: Yeah. Or threatened. Like or like or the freedom. Right. Or that there's uh punishment if yeah. you don't keep your promise. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm in that I'm in that camp. Yeah, I got it. Carol call uh
2: please Carol.
12: Dwayne and I are in exactly that camp also. We run from promises because we both are the promise police and (laughs) you know you fall apart. It's like, but you promised. And so we run from uh, promises the way we run
2: from people who don't have on a mask. (laughs) Yes.
12: It's like, no! We're gone!
2: (laughs) Well, it's interesting because while there's no one, quote, forcing you to keep a promise, it is worthwhile to see we have a relationship with promising uh, that would have us avoid it because it has a certain power, sorry, it has a certain hold on us. That is to say, there's that sense whether we like it or not, even avoiding promise is, in a sense, a um, indication that we honor promising. Does that make sense, Carol? Say it again. That we avoid promising indicates that we actually honor promising. Because if we didn't gotcha. honor, if if we didn't honor the power of promise. We wouldn't avoid it. We would just make a promise and then, you know, forget it, so to speak. Got
12: it. Yes. Yes.
2: So there's sure. some, there is something about humans and, uh, you know, the kind of language that us humans traffic in that promising is, is, an, uh, is one of the honorable ones. Kinds of, kinds of conversations.
7: Anybody else? Yeah, Doug? In the realm of uh, making a request of somebody, perhaps your child, to make a promise, what is the uh, most valuable thing you need to know to avoid it being experienced as manipulation and control as opposed to support from a parent? Well, you know, that's a, that is a great question. I
2: don't know that there's a quote uh, answer uh, like a uh, an answer like a solution. Uh, I think I bet and I'm not so sure about this and we can hear perhaps from other people, but I bet Doug, that it has something to do with where the request is coming from or whether <coughs> or where the requester is coming from. If the requester is coming from, some kind of getting something done like manipulation or control
11: yeah.
2: uh, then i would imagine that's going to get communicated at some level and if the requester is coming from creating something together uh, i imagine that's going to be experienced by the receiver as well
7: they like an offer f- for uh support in a way that they would Desire and request.
2: Yeah, yeah. Actually, seeing that the request is for a promise that supports them as distinct from Mm -hmm. manipulates them. Right. And 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 I don't know that there's any like uh, outward expression of that, but there's. It's kind of like where you're coming from, Uh and you can kind of recognize it. You know? Of course, there's that
7: always, uh, always and forever listening you're talking into, too. Yes,
2: yeah. And, you know, and if you have some doubts, I guess you ask, you know? Right. Doug? Uh-huh. The other
1: Doug. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <You're Doug's>. uh, <laughs> yeah.
13: Two oh, um, I started to utter the word should, but I'll, I'll say it anyway. Should not a promise be jointly entered into and agreed upon before it's a promise which would you know eliminate possibly the factor of a parent just manipulating a child by saying, you know, all right, you promise me you'll do such and such and such and such at which time the kid could say, well, that's what you want me to do, but I don't, in his head, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't agree with it.
2: Yeah. Like I have to.
13: Yeah, like I have to. You have to do such and such. But part of your promises, Lon, and you've been working on this for a long time, but (coughs) isn't it a joint agreement entered into by both parties before it's a promise?
5: Yeah,
2: we've had that. We've had that conversation, you know, f- that we can actually do for a moment here. Like, if I make a promise to you, uh, and you don't accept it, what's the truth about the promise?
3: There isn't one. I mean, it
2: doesn't exist, right? It doesn't exist. But yeah. if you accept it, whose promise is it?
13: Well, I don't. I don't okay. see that it's that it's a manipulative deal one entered into with another person mutually and both yes. agree. That yeah. the, the manipulation is, it's there's no potential for it.
2: Right. It's our
6: promise then.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's almost like, you know, some of us parents will say, well, promise me. You know, as distinct from, you know, will you promise me or can you promise me or... You know, shall we have a promise here? It's like you promise me, but it well, starts even, to have the the flavor of manipulation.
1: Even saying it, uh, let's have a promise together. You know that we're making together somehow. Whether it shifts the place from, you know, me uh, putting it on you to we creating something together. That's and then you know that way we can design when it's our promise. You know, actions to take, things to do together, how can I, you know, a place of support rather than uh, a place of judgment and um, watching to see if the other person is going to do it, you know, kind of the observer, but with your um, club in hand, you know, in a sense.
2: You know, Uh,
14: please, Rona. Oh, we're closer. Nat and I, um, in looking in looking at promises, um, it it looks like it looks like for me that it's we're we're hu- as a human being we don't want to be vulnerable we don't want to be held accountable It's just sort of you know <coughs> Nat Nat does used to not make promises because he said I don't want to be beholden to you I don't need you <laughs> and I don't want you to need me. <laughs>
2: that's
14: right has shifted but it's it's the vulnerability or the um, uh, um, the vulnerability or the beholdenness the or the i owe you something separate and distinct from partnership par, uh, from generosity it's the it's like making promises it's oh the other thing i thought about was it's if we don't if i don't make a promise or he doesn't make a promise we don't have to be responsible for anything. It's you know it, we'd rather be a victim of I'll be a victim of you rather than I'm responsible for what happens or what's happening. Yeah. So it's a lack of responsibility and an unwillingness to be vulnerable.
2: Yeah. Also, a piece of what uh, if I can't keep my promise comes into the picture as well, so that. Uh, uh, I'm not sure I can give you that promise that I'm not going to drink at five o'clock in the afternoon, because yeah. I might
13: drink at five o'clock in the afternoon.
2: Before I learned about integrity, <laughs> I I would
14: not make a loose
2: promise, because, uh,
14: yeah, I'm pretty sure I can do that. You want to hedge your bet. I'm pretty your sure bet. I can do that. Yeah. But uh, I promise I'll do that, but uh, it's kind of weak. But don't hold me to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah very good. Well, it. I
2: think the thing that you said, Rona, is one is really, really major, is um, the, ultimately, I think, us human beings have a tendency to run from responsibility and, uh, and actually <clears throat> engaging or entering into a relationship based on a promise is uh is an act of being responsible you know and for whatever comes out of it
14: please. Well also it's 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 that we run from responsibility and we 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 we're we're not we're 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 what's the word we're not okay with not keeping our promise. So it's like, I want to look good. So if I don't keep my promise, I'll look bad. And I don't want to look bad to you. So yeah. I'm not going to promise. So it's, it's that worrying about saying, I did promise that. You know, I make promises to myself that I don't keep with regarding my health or what I eat. Or what, and I've learned now I can like, <laughs> I do promise that. And I didn't keep my promise. Okay, now I'm re-upping. Okay. Eventually, it'll be a habit. But we're we so run away from the looking good to ourselves that if we broke a promise, it's it's just like it's just a broken promise. It's not like I don't care or I don't want to. It's just I like broke my promise, and we don't even be responsible for owning a broken promise.
2: Yeah. But there is something about uh, breaking a promise. It's a bigger deal than about just not doing something. Yeah. Yes, Maureen. Maureen?
15: Let me just get off mute. So um, what I was going to say is now completely different because all this input is really stirring up things. I realized that, I've had a relationship to promises where they've been important and then they've been manipulative and then they've been useful. There's been sort of a up and down with them. And I have, you know, one of my first major promises was our promise together when we got married. And, you know, I can see now looking back, over all these decades that the promise to love didn't really mean i promise to stay with you although there's a good chance when you promise to love that you probably do stay together there's a there's a bigger chance of that right um but then we kind of went in i we used promise as you know are you are you sure you're going to be home promise me you'll be home, kind of like loosely, right? And it didn't really have any meaning. And somewhere something happened that we started using, instead of promise, we started using, you can count on me. That seemed to be more workable. Mm
16: -hmm. And so
15: when it didn't happen, there was less, however, Going back to promise, the power of promise, and several people said it that I thought was so beautiful, and I I think it was Sandy and Penny really touched on it. It's a creation, and it's not a creation within yourself. It's a creation between two people, and then this, you know, Greg and I. And so it has a lot more meaning, and I can see that I've had different different relationships to promise we both have but we don't use it in the same way that we used to years ago it just doesn't work it's upsetting but when we sit down and we really promise to each other about something now that takes us to a different um zone yes and, and I'm not going to say that promises have never been broken between us because they absolutely have. But that broken promise still brings us together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not an upset alone. So, um, yeah, it's pretty important. Yeah. And at the same time, it's not um, – it doesn't stop things forever. <laughs>
2: well, that's great. Yeah. And it's interesting when you said, uh, you know, you can count on me. It's a different way of saying it. So you kind of reawaken to, you know, the power of promise. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not bad from time to time to say it a little bit differently because it, then it actually drives home what you're really up to. Mm-hmm.
6: That's great. Thank you, Maureen. So Someone cool. else had their hand up. We want to jump in. You want to go first? Yeah,
9: something? well, okay. I, just to notice how built into our language uh this the nature of promises i mean the we say a promise is broken it's like what i mean there was damage done to something even though you can't say what the heck the pro- the damage was done to but if it was broken something got damaged and yet what what got damaged and that is so Absolutely built into our language. In fact, there's practically not I can't really think of any other way. Well, you say we might say you didn't keep your promise. You know? Yeah. But it's built into our language that that not carrying through on a promise is damaging to something.
2: That's great.
6: Well, I just <coughs> love the way Maureen put it. And it was a remarkable point of view that I hadn't heard before when she said, even broken promises bring us together. And that's, you know, aside from the question of whether it's actually something broken, it's that jointly committing to something, noticing together that didn't get fulfilled is a relational activity. So that Hmm. it's bringing us together to notice, oh, we didn't keep our promise.
1: So thank you for that
6: perspective. Gorgeous, gorgeous, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes, Yes, Jill? You're muted,
2: Jill. Jill, take yourself off of mute. Okay, I did.
5: (laughs) So uh, very useful for me to hear um, the notion that a promise is two people making something together. Because as I was reflecting on broken promises, people have made promises and broken them to me, or I've broken promises to other people. Um, it it didn't occur to me that it would be something that people would do as a part of a relationship or a part of working together. And therefore, if you broke a promise to someone, you would clean it up, you know, and use that to continue the relationship. So um, that's very useful because I think of promise doing something to somebody, like dominating, like if I'm going to demand a promise from somebody, I'm going to, you know, take them by the shirt and go, ah. Uh, And what's opened up for me is that a, a promise is something two people make together, or a group of people make together.
2: Yes, very good. Yeah, it is a uh, it is a relational
7: phenomena for sure.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes, Doug.
7: Just uh, thinking about the uh, impact on trust that the promises made or broken have uh, in the relationship. That. Trust kept coming up in my mind while I was listening to the comments about breaking the promise.
2: Well, it definitely does bring up the issue of trust, and then you have a whole new uh, a whole new conversation about you know what is that?
7: And it's even trust of, of yourself.
2: Yes, yes. It is interesting that uh, there's a very close. Um, bond. Paul may have some more to say about this. I don't know why I said that, but I think I just had a, but a very close connection between trust and promises. Right. Probably somewhere in language, way back in, uh, I don't know, uh, Latin or something.
16: Bill? Um, <clears throat> it's putting in mind um, the the best coach that I ever had in all my history of having coaches was a course supervisor by the name of Jim Kidder. And he used to do this thing that absolutely infuriated me, Uh, which is he'd call up, I'd say hi, and he'd say, say yes. And I had to say yes. And then he explained to me what I just promised to do. (laughs) And well, first of all, I mean, while there was never any like Karate Kid sacred pact between us, we had a long established relationship so that I could trust him to have my best interest at heart. Plus it threw in the whole dynamic is now I had to deal with myself in that I had to say, I had to say that, you know, I, I would love to be able to say, Jim, you talked me into it or it's all your fault or something like that, but that there's no growth in that. Uh, so I had to deal with myself and take a look at a, uh, well, mainly like who would I have to be to keep the promise I just made? Uh, and that's where he came into the trend. Cause that's what I'd have to deal with. And that's where he, his value as a coach was to me, was that said, how? Like, I have no clue on how to do what you just asked me to do. And then we would actually engage in the coaching on that. But it started with him saying, mm-hmm. me just like like making a, a leap of trust, uh, blind faith in that one, and that whatever he said is something that I would be able to do, and I trusted him. Yeah.
2: Very good. Mm-hmm. Which probably had a lot to do with uh uh, prior promises, etc <clears throat> yeah, very good, please yes, Doug, and then Doug then Rogers
13: then but, yeah um, it somebody said something which reminded me of the the longevity of a promise because um uh, I know myself, I've changed so much over time um, that, and relationships change so much over time that you're not the same person. Sometimes you used to be and a relationship is not the same and therefore promises made at one time may eventually be so out of date. They're like useless, or maybe they're, Maybe they impede some things. Uh, But I'd like Lon and and or Sandy to talk about the longevity part of a promise and and possibly should they be reviewed in a systematic way or not. Well, you know, it's interesting.
2: Uh, uh, We're have a twice a year conversation with a couple uh, about one thing and that's reviewing their promises, you know, their wedding vows and promises that they've made to each other since. Um, And Doug, that a promise obviously is not a promise unless it's in time. That is to say uh, it can't be a forever thing or a never thing because they're out of time. They're not real. Okay, it doesn't have anything to do with reality. Um, There are probably, we we have come up with like tiers of promises, maybe three tiers. Uh, Some could be what we'd call not forever promises, but lifelong promises. Uh, And you got to look and see if you're actually uh, ready to engage in a lifelong promise. That's a pretty big deal. And then there are uh, what we call second tier prom we, what we name second tier promises, which are uh, long and relation shaping promises. And then there are what we call kind of uh, third tier or uh, fun promises, things that short-term. promise short term promises where we accomplish things together, bring things into existence, you know, fulfill them, and move on. So uh, there's got to be some kind of a time for it to be a, quote, real promise rather than, you know, a fantasy kind of a thing. And, uh, yes, reviewing promises so that they're uh, alive for you, they're present for you, is really worthwhile. Because in our view, uh, making a promise present for you actually makes the relationship present for you.
13: Yes. So, no time frame, no promise.
2: Right.
1: Well, right. Very good. Uh,
6: so, so yeah. on that topic from my career as a corporate attorney, I, I wrote lots of agreements that dealt with how to modify the agreement. <laughs> and, that, that it, it, and basically, to leave out the mischief of, oh, a random email and you didn't say no, so this now modifies the agreement but that how you would change the agreement was part of the structure of maintaining the long-term value or the full-term value of the agreement. And just noticing in the business world, there's always a term, you know, this is for one year, renewable, or this is for three years. And there's an incentive to the parties during that time to have the, the venture be successful for both parties, if it's, a, if it's creating business together, that, yeah. that both parties would want to renew it or continue it after that. Yeah. So I think you make a really good point. And it doesn't mean that the original promise has become useless, but you've discovered things in the process of fulfilling it that had you known them at the beginning, maybe you would have expressed it differently, but that jointly you can agree to change the terms. Yeah.
1: Mm. Hi, Carol.
9: Thank you. Thank you. I love that. So, wouldn't that be an interesting thing to say, you know, I promise, uh, I promise till death do us part to do X, and we agree to look at that every five years. So, it's kind of a, it's kind of a hybrid between the, the overarching lifelong or rest of our lives promise and acknowledging that there's a that there's sh- there's shorter term growth <laughs> yeah and i love the example lana and sandy of your the couple you you deal with who who look at those every year yes
1: it's
9: like they don't at least at least once a year they remember what their promises are yes yeah you know a lot of us kind of oh well that that seems to have become irrelevant but there's no on the one hand there's no saying, oh, I'm, I'm abandoning that promise. But there's also, you know, without n- noticing that it's gone away, you probably kept that promise. Yeah. Right? And then it maybe became <laughs> irrelevant. But there's no celebration. Yeah. Right? It's not only we didn't say, oh, that's over. You also didn't say, hey, we did it. Yeah. Yeah you know, and celebrating your promises. (laughs) (laughs) Celebrating your promises is a great thing too. Well,
1: that's uh, that's also been the joy of being witness to their promises. Yeah. You know, to be a reflector back, to be a listening for the strength of their promises. And Mm -hmm. we've had some very close, intimate conversations about promises that, like you said, Doug, Have morphed or shifted over time. And each year, as they look at their promises, they actually determine whether they're going to continue with that promise, or make some shift or change in the promise, or delete the promise that it has fulfilled itself. It's no longer a part of the package, in other words. So um, I I don't know, I think it's just a brilliant idea. And like like Lon said, I think they're present to their promises that way as well. Cause I don't know how many of you can go back and actually recall for some of us, it's been, you know, a long time to remember what it is we actually promised. But anyway, yeah. I wanted to also go to Hillaby because yeah. I know you had your hand raised Hillaby and then to Carol and then to Jerry.
2: I want to say what, just one more thing, H- Hillaby, before we start is that, um, the revisiting the promises is re is visiting the relationship. Mm. I mean, it's, it's presencing the being related right there as you're doing it. That's what's really, uh, and it, and it presents our relationship when we're working with them. Yes. Please Hillary.
17: Yes. Okay. So do you hear me? Yes. Yes. yes good, good, good. Um, so I just love the conversation, you know, speaking about promises as something that creates and possibility and and I'm going to go back to where you started, Lon, the other side of it. So sitting here I actually got that how it's been in the past and especially I think in close relationship like my last marriage. Promises was very much a way of repairing mistrust so promises i can say is like i never liked to promise anything in that relationship i didn't want to promise it but what happened was in some way i was not enough or not doing the right thing or i did something that disappointed the other part and in that something was wrong promise was a way of trying to make it better
14: Mm-hmm.
17: like doing more of something or doing less of something. Like I, I promise to never forget that again. Or I I promise, I really, really promise I will not do that to you. Or I'm going to promise this and this and this, either more or less of some, something, like different of something. But just, I can see promising in order to. Yes. So.
2: Yeah, that's the manipulation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not a creation. Not at all. (laughs) And I said, like, the other side of it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because the couple of examples that you use, uh, casual examples, promise I won't or promise not to, Mm -hmm. uh, you can can almost bet, I, I think you could bet, but I haven't checked it out, you know, with millions of people, uh, that a promise not to is a manipulation. That a promise, not, a promise not to isn't a creation. A promise not to do something or a promise to avoid something, you know, that's got to be trying to fix something or change something. It's about yeah. the past.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, ha- doesn't have a whole heck of a lot of power. As a matter of fact, probably reminds you more of being separate than being together.
17: Yeah, there is a separation when, and the promise, <coughs> the experience of that the promise will fix the separation.
2: Yes, which which it won't, it just emphasizes it.
17: <laughs> <laughs> it does. And then, honestly, from my side, I was not interested in making more right. promises because I never could, have, you know. No, no more promises. Yeah. We just have a relationship without promise. I think yeah. that would be better. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. You know, how do you fulfill a not to?
17: Yeah.
2: You know, not happening. No,
17: but and you then know. you have to make all this list of all the promises you made. And then you had to go through all the lists and see if you kept the promises that I actually did in that. Uh, and I just hated those lists. So I stopped doing them. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. It's a, right, yeah, yeah, it's a lot of to maintain in that kind of the relationship. And I think it's very useful. Like it's very, what do you say? Very many people have it like that. And then you got all these hundreds of promises that you even can't remember that you actually did. Perfectly and then, said. Perfectly the relationship said. Just becomes about that. Yeah.
2: Promising to maintain something is really deadening. Promising to create something is enlivening. Well, I can give you one
17: promise. That was really good. So I, I, we moved in, my first husband and I, in a house 1985. And at some point I got fed up with him complaining about the painting the windows. You know, you need to paint all the windows when you have houses. So I, I said something like, I, I paint the windows and I promised to do that just to get him off my back. And I hated that promise for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's not in the least promising. That's right. Yeah. Imprisoning
2: yourself. Yeah.
6: yeah. Yeah, really.
17: That's that's actually the experience of, of promising. Like you put yourself to jail.
2: Yeah. And that's and that's uh, what's got to be there for people when they see that or when they don't see that promising is a relational phenomena. Mm-hmm. That is to say, it's a give and accept, and then it's ours. And it's up to us as distinct from up to you or up to me. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty great. Thank you.
15: Thank you, Hilary. All right, Carol. I just want to say it might be good to have oh. a witness.
2: Have a witness. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we have weddings.
6: Lots of witnesses and notaries. <laughs> notaries.
1: <laughs>
18: All right, Carol England. Okay, well, I think I would say, we would say we are very much enrolled in this conversation called Prom- Couple Promises. And some time ago we came up with what we call pillars of well-being. And we looked at home, health, security, relationship, family, and community. And we just vis- envisioned what is it we would like to have present in those areas. And then what did we do? We made promises. And we made promises by when we would fulfill, and then we put it in our calendars. Um, so why am I saying that? We are enrolled in this uh, that possibility of creating couple promises because it's really not because it's made a huge difference for us. And we every quarter we review them. If as we, part of the structure. As part of the structure. That's right. And we we. Um, I would say we have been able to fulfill and on the promise that we don't like it anymore. It's no longer applicable. Oh, then we also put them in our calendars because when we first did this, we just said, oh, isn't this great? And we put it in the drawer and never, re, you know, didn't revisit it till like a year later. Oh, we should probably look at that. We made all those promises and then we
16: probably forgot,
18: forgot the whole darn deal. <laughs> so I would say as you know, and it's about time to review them in, I think, October. But it's been, I would say, empowering for the two of us. And um, those of you that have known us for a while know that who we used to be has uh, evolved. <laughs> Trans- Morphed. Morphed? Yes. We are not the same two people that we were even a year ago. And we yeah. it's actually fun. And we have fun doing it together. Yeah. Um, well, one thing that's
2: very obvious, Carol. One thing that's very obvious is your lack of enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> you know how, you know what a burden it has
5: been. <laughs> Next
18: one? Yes. Yes.
5: Uh, thank you, Carol. That's great. Yeah, thank Carol. you
18: for listening. We we appreciate it. And By the way, talking-
2: uh, for those of you who uh, have been with us from time to time in different workshops and stuff, uh, Carol and Jeff have been kind of—I'm going to just say it this way—they're lifers, you know, with regards to just participating and what they've been seeing, discovering, putting into practice, engaging in, uh, uh, creating. You know, they're now—they're now a worldwide uh, partnership, making a difference all over the world, which is actually pretty damn cool.
18: So yes, One more thing about that, too, because I think a couple calls ago I shared about the um, uh, hand wash in Haiti, bringing uh, water to the entire country of Haiti. And you know, obviously, you know, it's a big program and it takes years. And one of the things that Jeff and I saw is that it takes a lot of partners, and we, we, um we saw that in engaging all the rotary clubs in the district where we are 5130 there's 47 clubs and reaching out to the people that are in charge of this district would make a bigger difference than just say me and Jeff and I just got an email today saying thank you for reaching out thank you let's set up a call so it's like creating partners like much bigger than what the two of us can do.
1: It's
2: great. Um,
18: so thank you for listening. And we'll, well keep perfect. you posted on how that goes.
2: Perfect. This oh. is this is a, a relationship breeding relationship.
18: Yes. Yes.
15: Yes. It's good Jerry?
18: I think yeah. Hi.
4: This. Hi. A very interesting discussion. So, uh Yeah. I'd like to say a couple things, and I I have to say that uh, I'm somewhat influenced by Werner Erhard and his work, and I've been uh, doing this particular, uh, looking at this for several decades now, going on three decades, but first of all, it's to distinguish between, like, just giving your word on something and a promise, so, you know, if you make a declaration that you're going to do something or promise you're creating a future. And, and if you just say, uh, or your word, like, you know, as far as it, it being an integrity issue, the real definition of integrity is not one of morality, but what works, how something is structured. So if you're in a relationship with your business or your partner and you give your word on something and you don't keep it, we were talking about the trust issue. So I know sometimes I would give my word to myself. I'm going to do this. I'm going to diet. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to get this accomplished. And I notice if I don't keep my word, even to myself, I disappear from myself. I can no longer trust myself to say something. Like, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say I'm going to do that. Yeah. And and the, the part of the issue is that you have to do a cost-benefit analysis before you give your word. You know that you can't like change your word. You know, okay, I say I'm going to marry you forever and be faithful and and buy you a big house. Three promises, okay? Um, you know, is this someone you love? Is are you going to do that? Now, maybe I don't make. I can't. I try to buy you a big house, but I just and turned out I'm not successful, you know, it's okay to go back on your promise. It's your word. It doesn't – this is the thing. A promise doesn't have to be accepted. That's an agreement between two people. But a promise is really your statement. and And, you know, and it's a future to live into. And, you know, a big promise creates a big future, and you may not live into it, and it's not that you're bad or wrong, you just fell short. Yeah. So you can re-promise and give another timeline. Okay, I didn't get the big house this year, so we can have another child or have a child with a backyard and all that stuff, his own nursery. But that you can re-promise it. You know, I, I, I'm sorry. You have to, if you don't keep your word or your promise, you know, you have to compensate for that. You know, that's what it doesn't
2: work is if you don't make Jerry, it. Jerry, right, Jerry. Yeah. You're, you're kind of turning this into a little bit of a lecture. So. Well, I'm just saying that. Uh,
4: okay. All right. I'm sorry.
2: No, that's okay. I just wanted to uh, uh, see it. And uh, and we will have some more conversations mm-hmm. uh, for sure. But uh, just want to make sure that, uh, that it's not just stuff, you know, that you're uh, promoting at this moment. Well, it's stuff actually, that I
4: believe oh, okay. that I looked into very deeply for a number of years, okay. and have become part of my essence of who I am. And I've been to maybe hundreds of discussions about it for many hundreds of hours. And 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 I, you know, it, it's. I'm just saying. I don't think I'm saying anything different than a lot of people are, but. Thank you. I'll uh, cut
2: myself off here. All right. Keep
1: open. Thanks, Jerry. All right. Carol Gums, did you have your hand raised?
12: I did. And I noticed there's three Carols on the phone, which is <laughs> <laughs> good. Carol. <laughs> Wonderful people. Um, so, given, you know, especially with Dwayne and I, the conversations we have around promises and stuff, I turned to Dwayne and I'm like, well, why do we make promises? And Dwayne said, um,
4: to be held accountable, I mean, otherwise you just, whatever shows up, shows up. There's, you know, there's no <laughs> integrity, there's no nothing out there.
12: Which I thought was an interesting take on it as yeah. well, that like you have to make a promise in order to create. So somebody said promises are about creating possibility. And it's like, okay, well, if you don't make a promise, you don't create so it's more question than yeah. something, something we're looking into rather than...
2: Well, our, our take on it, Carol, is more that promises don't create possibility. Declarations create possibility and promises fulfill possibilities. Po- uh, promises exist, uh, produce, you know, form, time and place. And those are the three elements of reality. So you're actually translating a possibility into reality by promising. Uh, And that's what distinguishes declaration. Declaration creates a possibility. We declare something uh, as possible. We declare we're going to do something. We make a promise like this is the actions we're going to take in these times. And that takes it from this kind of overall possibility into reality. Does that make sense?
12: Yes, oh, so and made enough that I, the only piece of paper I have is a napkin, so I just captured a <laughs> <laughs>
1: napkin
2: <here>. Well, it's, <laughs> it's kind of like uh, <laughs> the, the canonical form, the basic form of a promise is I promise you that I will do X by time Y. And all of those elements then is a something happening at some time in some form. That's reality. Okay, and that and anything that's real exists in time, form, and location. You know, if something isn't anywhere, even if it exists in time and form, it isn't anywhere, it doesn't exist. If it isn't, doesn't have a form, it doesn't exist. If it isn't in time, it doesn't exist except as a thought or an idea. It's when it exists in place, time, and form that it is real. So and that's what, and if you listen to, I promise to do something by a certain time, okay? You can actually hear place, time, and form in there.
1: Yes, Rona? Yes.
2: Rona?
14: So you said that declarations create possibilities, promises fulfill the possibility. Yes. And so we well, a fulfilled
2: be... promise fulfills a possibility, but yes, a, a promise translates uh, translates the possibility into reality
14: and, or the possibility of translating into reality, so that there's there's something that I think we all get hooked on is an unfulfilled promise is bad, right the morality of it morality exactly, and so that I remember. You know back in my my landmark days when we we were asked a question years ago is it better to promise six and deliver eight or is it better to promise eight and you know you're going for eight but you deliver six which is better you know that yeah whole, and how many people when they're raising their hand they said no it's better to promise you know six and deliver eight and, and rather than Make a bigger promise or live into something bigger you know it's like, I only promised something I know I can do, yes so I, th- so I think where we get into trouble as human beings in, in and in our relationships is the thing about again the morality of well, well, you promised, yeah rather than the creation around the promise, yes, what, what are we? What, what's, what, why am I promising this in the first place? What yeah. is, what is that intended to provide?
2: Yeah. Well, a lot of us growing up uh, inside of promising as a manipulation, do you promise uh, so as to uh, kind of trap you into it or to avoid something or whatever?
14: And we think that that's real promising.
2: Yes, yes.
14: And it's not, but we believe that what we learned when we were kids about making promises is what we carry into adulthood in our relationship with our children, our relationship with our partners and everybody else. And so I think that whole morality around promising is what keeps what's possible in our relationship from ever coming to fruition because of the manipulation around it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, the goodness and badness of it. Which is why we're having these conversations.
9: We're growing up. Yeah, well, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're by any chance missing the morality that's built into our ideas of promising, just remember what you said when a kid, you know, cross my heart, I promise, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye. So, <laughs> The morality is if I break my promise, I deserve to die a very painful death. Now that's morality. <laughs> <laughs> well, the
6: other uh, thing is we collapse the a guarantee with promise. Oh, And yeah. the promise is creating a possible future, not a not a guarantee of that future.
11: Right. Hey, uh, there's something else too. I Question. noticed that this thing about promising also creates this "we" in our relationship because we talked about this about it being our promise, not just mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really, it's
2: worthwhile to see there's no such thing as a my promise. Right. Or a your promise. Yeah. And that's, and that's breakthrough.
11: Yeah.
2: You know, when you can actually, when you hear the word promise, hear us. When you hear the word promise, hear our. When you hear the uh, word
11: promise, you hear relationship. That's a breakthrough. And, you know, Lon, it can have different levels I- I won't talk more about it, but it could also be at the scale of of couple, but then it can also expand to group, team, and organization, you know? Yeah. Because you can hear yourself in any one of those.
2: Yeah. Well, that's like what Sandy has said for quite a while. It says, after individual, it's all relationship. Right. Couple,
11: uh, group, uh, community, society, you know, nation so I, I think without promising in a sense you don't exist well uh yeah i don't know i would take it that far but uh
2: without promises it could be said relationship is a um accident um can't even say that there's actually maybe even relationship it's just uh Proximity. Proximity. It's it's being in proximity, not necessarily being in relationship.
0: So it's
1: very
2: good. Very good. Very appreciate that.
10: Joanne? Or Gary? (laughs) No, it it was me. I've got the question about, I understand that there are a couple promises. And what I guess I'm not sure if I am collapsing the word promise with just any type of promise? Are there different types of promise? Because I just don't see how, if I promise something to someone else, I, in my world, they don't even have to hear it. They don't have to know it. It's my promise to them. I'm going to fulfill it whether they ever know it or not. And that, I guess, I don't, yeah, I'm missing something here about that all promises have to be in relationship.
2: Well, I think that your, uh, you are actually conflating promise in that case with a uh, profound, a deep intention or a, or a uh, strong intention or something like that. That is to say, if it's, you, you could say you're promising yourself, uh, but unless you can break yourself up into two people, you're really just expressing a strong intention to yourself. Okay. Uh,
10: so it's in it's in maybe the wording that I am. Um, yeah, it's
2: I it's actually a, a misunderstanding of what promise
10: is. Okay. Uh,
2: and and Paul I Paul's the expert in or our expert in language uh,
1: language linguistics, language, yeah. linguistics
2: and yes. that stuff. But uh, but a promise is when you break it up is has to do with to send miss missile or missive or whatever in a uh, pro before. So it's, yeah, it's forward. Yeah.
9: Sending something forward in time. Yeah. So you're putting, li- literally putting something into the future, which okay. is a cool thing to do.
2: Yeah. Right? And then if you look at it from the, from the view of another word from a, a promise is a commitment, not the mental state called being committed, but a commitment, that- uh, a commitment, together to send, together to act, if you will.
16: So mm-hmm. there's
2: a togetherness okay. in it. So unless you can break yourself into two people, uh, a promise to yourself isn't really a promise. It,
1: in that a historically, I would say, you know, in my own experience of myself, Joanne, is that when I make promises to myself, they're a lot easier to break <laughs> than when I make a promise to someone else. You know, it's kind of like I can talk myself out of it. Well, you know, I'll just have ice cream today. <laughs> you know, just today as I'm having it the next five nights or whatever, you know. So uh, I, I recognize that there's more power or strength, it seems, in making a promise with another. And I like the word I use with rather mm-hmm. than to mm-hmm. because there's also something available when it's a we promise that um, we experience, at least in working together a lot, is that I can add strength, I can add energy, I can add, you know, um, points of view to what's being created rather than, you know, having to wait for the other person to come up with it themselves. So it's just perhaps a strengthening or a stronger way of being in life. Mm-hmm is to make
11: promises. Well, hey, um, especially when you think it's two or more uh, yeah. versus one.
2: Yeah, Please, been- Barry.
11: Yeah, there was something else, too. I think similar to when the founding fathers declared their freedom from England, nothing changed, but everything was different. So in a promise, there might be a new world that we as a couple wow. live in. Wow. Yeah. or, or established, like when Penny and I declared we we're gonna redo this kitchen and there was some things we needed to do about getting the house valued. And we, worked, we were living in a whole new world there.
14: Yes. Mm-hmm.
11: Yeah, you were
2: engaged in together in some actions given by your...
11: Yeah, and I had the experience of... Promises to each other. Yeah, I had the experience of excitement and interest. And then when we completed it, it was left a void. So we had invented something else new. (laughs) You know, there's a huge difference
2: in in accomplishing something that you promise to accomplish together versus just doing something. You know, it's one thing to uh, fix dinner together. It's another thing to fix dinner together as a promise, like we're promising to do this and this and this and this. And fulfilling a promise is very different than just taking actions.
11: Yeah. And last thing, it might be there's a new freedom in promising. I hadn't seen it that way because it, it usually looks const- constraining, but maybe not. Maybe there's a free a new freedom to be, or as they say these days, or freedom to act.
2: Yeah,
11: it's available. No, that's very good because we've often said
2: that about rules. You know, rules of a game. Yeah, the rules of a game are simply promises. Your promises that you're making to, you know, act together. That's all a game is: is a set of promises, i.e., rules, uh, to behave a certain way over a, a certain period of time. And when you're clear about the rules, you can play full out. When you're not clear about the rules, you're, you'll be in the game kind of tentatively.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So, uh, so promises, having the promises being kind of there. Uh, uh, in front of you allows you to play full out, as distinct from constrains you. It's it's the constraint is the watching out or being careful when the when you're not clear about what the promises or what the rules are. When you're clear about what the rules are, you can you know they kind of almost
6: fade in the background, and then you can just you know play full out. So I'm I'm curious about. Another way to treat promises just occurred to me is, and as an experiment, let's let's take this on, like promise this, and we're going to revisit it in this period of time and see how that worked. Was yeah. that promise actually effective in generating the benefits that we envisioned having result from that? And that uh, kind of sidesteps or or shifts attention away from morality, feeling bad, looking bad. It's an experiment. Let's yeah. see what happens. Well,
2: it's not so much, Carol, from uh, let's see if how it turns out because it's going to turn out the way you promise to have it turn out. The question is, is that is that fulfilling? That is that is that result what you what you yes. really want in life? Yes. Right. Yeah. Because
8: yeah. there's you, the there's the vision that out. you're putting there.
2: Yeah, you can't tell until you actually have the result. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Very good.
14: Rona? So what I I hear in some of the conversation is, and I'm looking, we're looking at at our couple, but we're looking at our individual in our couple, um, that What we've gotten, what we're developing a practice or a muscle in, more recently, is making promises out loud to ourselves. But he knows my promises, and he tells me his promises, so that we support each other's promises. But it's really what what you had said to Joanne earlier. It's like it's really a promise to myself that I'm letting him know. Not that I want him to beat me over the head when I am n- not yet keep keeping that promise or making it happen, but that it's an out loud promise to myself that I share with Nat.
2: Yeah, I'm going to disagree with it a little bit. I'm going to say if you make a promise to yourself and don't, quote, share it. If you're making a promise and you don't share it, and you could call that to yourself, but it doesn't have the power uh, and the sense of accomplishment as when you share it. Because when you share it, he's actually in it with you.
14: No, no, that's that is my point. So, yeah, if I, okay. If I keep my promise to myself. I could shrug my shoulders like Carol, uh, Herman. Yeah. yeah, well, maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. You know, and
2: and I, I'm going to suggest that it actually is the other way around, Rhoda. When you're keeping your promise with another, then you find yourself keeping it with yourself. That is to say, ha- having the benefit of having done what you said is, is a kind of frosting on the cake. Yeah. It's that you actually accomplish something with somebody that act, that is, is the real cake.
14: Yeah, the, the example for us is Nat had said months ago, he wants more sleep. That's a habit that he wanted to establish. So, you know, I said, you want me to do anything because it might've been in the past. He wants to go to bed by 11 and if he didn't get off his chair by 11, I would say you promised to get up, you know, go to sleep by 11 and you're not doing it. But, but, but. Now I just go, it's 11 and that's what he wants. Just to give him like I'm his alarm clock. And he gets up when he gets up, and somewhere between 11, 11:30, he gets himself. But he's getting more sleep now. Yeah, I took on about a month—not even a month ago. I said my new habit is not. I want to go to bed at 11. I want to go to bed when he goes to bed, like, whenever he's like getting into bed, I want to be getting into bed because I usually stay up and watch TV another hour or two. And so I'm, I'm, on the mat, but. (laughs) but it's not yet a habit. Well, yeah, and and
2: it probably may become a habit as you keep your word with him to do it. It becomes, quote, a habit. But it'll be interesting. You actually, I bet, will not be as satisfied when it becomes a habit as you are when you're fulfilling a promise. And what you will do next is make a new promise to fulfill, because that's uh, you know, and I just challenge you to kind of check it out for yourself, because I bet when you're fulfilling it as a promise, it's actually more satisfying than when you're living it as a habit.
14: You no, know, no, and I and I think mm. that we're looking at habits in our in our couple exploration. Yeah, really from that promising, fulfilling promises place. Because- yes. Yeah very you, know,
4: you don't think about
14: that and the, the, the yeah. value or the or the the joy or satisfaction is coming from not being made wrong when i don't but being acknowledged when i do and it is very satisfying and i'm keeping my promise but inconsistently and i see that the habits and prom it's like it, it, it will become a promise fulfilled as it becomes a habit, but I see what you're saying, that it's the context that really is decisive, and is fulfilling when it's not, I should do this. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I would
2: say if you really look at it, you've even Mm -hmm. accomplished creating a habit together.
14: Exactly.
2: You know, and that's really where the satisfaction is. Until it becomes a habit, you're not quite satisfied because your promise is to create a habit.
1: (laughs) So um, I want to acknowledge that it's almost 11.15 our time and uh, three hours later for some of the people on this call and much later for others. So what I would like to say is, let's continue the conversation. I think it's a very meaty one. It's worth continuing to explore it. And I'm, we invite you to do that during this time and uh, we'll return to this appointed time and space uh, in two weeks. So we would like to invite you to come back and continue this conversation with us. All right, Carol and Paul, anything you wanted to say? Uh,
6: you might look and discuss with your partner there, whether there's some something you want to try out in between okay. like, like practice uh, and see, see if you, you can gain some, some power and some pleasure and some experience of joy together between now and then by making some little promises and seeing how you feel about it and see, seeing what you produce in your relationship. Or make a big <laughs> promise in a short period of time. <laughs> Always that. What, what, they, what they say, uh,
2: if you're an engineer, power is, a, is the rate at which you accomplish something. If you accomplish a big thing, in a particular period of time you got more power than if you accomplish a small thing in that period of time or if you accomplish something a small thing in a uh, sorry if you uh, in a same period of time if you accomplish a big thing rather than a small thing that's more power so the bigger that you accomplish in the shorter of period of time the more power you have <laughs>
1: okay we got that lunch now so, carol gums you're the last one so i know you question Yes.
12: The promise you said is has formed time and place. I got time and place. What is the form of a promise of I promise to love you forever or I promise to love you this week? What is After, the form?
2: Well that's Actions why the loving. that's why we're having our next uh, living it workshop for people to get straight about what love is, because as far as we can tell, when we start to research it, love seems to be a goddamn feeling. <laughs> and you don't have any say over what you feel. So we're going to see if we can't discover what love is, where when you say, I promise to love you, you can actually fulfill the goddamn promise. So when you say form in the context
12: of promise, it sh- should be something yeah, tangible? It, it, it's, yes. I
2: mean, it's, it's got gotcha. some kind of form. It's got you gotcha. know, as distinct from...
12: Love, love as
2: it, feeling that's has right. no form, right? You can't promise to feel because there's no form to feeling. Perfect. Thank you. And You're now, welcome. You might promise a particular sensation in your body. <laughs> you know, we don't know if that's love.
12: <laughs> <laughs> or a heart attack coming.
6: <laughs> oh, I w- Thank you, Carol. I want to make sure Stephanie had a chance. I saw your hand waving is there something you want to add as a final note here you're still muted oh, i know
3: I, so it was a while ago and i forgot what i was going to say
5: <laughs> <laughs> I know.
3: It, it was about um uh making a promise and creating a habit and The fact that promises are much more satisfying and fulfilling. And I think it's because we do that consciously. Mm -hmm. I know for me, a habit goes into unconsciousness and it's autopilot for me. And Mm -hmm. when I'm on autopilot, I don't get satisfaction or fulfillment. I have to choose and the choosing creates the fulfillment. Yeah. So for me, it's about conscious versus unconscious.
2: Yeah. Well, said. on the other hand, it could be said, Steph, that uh, in create in fulfill creating a habit and you know fulfilling it and have something become a habit, it gives you the opportunity to create what's next. Yeah, that's that's all. But it's <laughs> but satisfaction is going to be in the creation and the fulfillment for sure. Okay. Is that it, honey?
1: Yes. I know every, this has been a delicious conversation and we really look forward to continuing it and hope you'll be able to join us and uh, uh, you'll get notification of it. So, Okay.
2: We'll look forward to seeing you in two weeks.
1: Take good care of yourselves and you each
2: other. I know you don't have a promise, but that uh, we're just going to have a great expectation. <laughs>
6: And I want you know, even if you didn't say anything, your smiling faces out there have been feeding me the whole time.
3: <laughs> <That's great. laughs>
6: Mark, I'm looking at your smiling face, but it's not just what you say. It's who you're being. It's fabulous. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Love you all. Bye-bye for now.
0: If you'd like to find out more about the programs and the workshops offered by Relationship by Design, come by relationshipbydesign.com. And follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you catch your podcasts. Oh, also wanted to mention, if you like what you're hearing and you want to engage in an open conversation with us, we hold community calls once or twice a month. Just go to relationshipbydesign.com and click on the community page and sign up to receive the notifications about when they happen and how you can join us.